So we'll have 10 M80s, please. I'm sorry, fellas. Haven't you heard? Heard what? All fireworks have been banned in Colorado. What do you mean? It was in the paper this morning. Dude, just because some stupid North Park kid blew his hands off, we don't get to buy M80s? Right. How can they do this to us? Doesn't anyone believe in tradition anymore? Yeah, we've been playing with firecrackers our whole lives. Oh, I got scared Kenny. Oh, bastards. Kick ass. Welcome to Going Down to South Park, the podcast where we always have ourselves a time. This week we are here to celebrate the good old US of A, bust out some fireworks and some firepower because we're celebrating the 4th of July. It is the episode Summer Sucks. Hi, I'm Dando. I am Guy and uh, oh, we're, we're coming to you from uh, sunny Geelong, Victoria, Australia, where it is actually, yeah, Summer Sucks here as well. It's the first day of summer, officially, and it's miserable outside. What's going on? I was about to say the same thing. This episode title is very fitting because summer, even though, as you said, summer officially started today, usually the weather's better by now. It sucks. It sucks so far. <laughs> What's going on? It hasn't stopped fucking raining for weeks. Yeah, and it's just that sort of pissy little rain that comes for about, you know, 20 minutes and then vanishes. But you're like, well, man, I was going to go and get my laundry off the line and now I can't do it. It's going to be soaked again. Eh, I, you know, I can't go outside and go for a run. Not that I would do that, but still. <laughs> I, I like the option there if I wanted to take it. I, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what's funny? It's like 20 years from now, 30 years from now, when Elliot's my age, he's going to go, why were you guys so confused? Everyone was talk- People were talking about global warming. And then you guys sat there and acted like you were surprised while it was fucking raining in summer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you guys are bitching about 20 minutes of rain. Meanwhile, we're in, you know, climate hell. I think anyway. even people who are like naysayers against global warming are starting to go, oh, shit. Okay. <laughs> I think it might be an issue. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, um, but this episode didn't suck. I enjoyed this episode. It's not one of the best ones we've reviewed, but it's um, definitely uh, far more enjoyable than the last week's, uh, or a couple of weeks ago, the last episode with the um, the clip show. I mean, the clip show was funny in a sense. It was a good piss take of the, mm. the clip show format, but this feels more traditional South Park. And they just sort of found their groove now, haven't they, with the show. I, I enjoy this. I do like the whole delving into the Garrison character and how he's finally sort of... He, it's like he now knows, and as, as the Todd as viewers, that he is gay, and he uses <laughs> Mr. Hat as a device to sort of come out through Mr. Hat, but he still doesn't want to, he's still closeted, he still doesn't want to come out, because they, you know, the psychiatrist gets burnt, blah, 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 but I do like how they sort of just, the way they sort of take the mickey, they highlight the absurdity of the, the casual love of just fireworks and firepower that many people seem to perceive <laughs> those in the United States have, but they also balance it out by having said fireworks save the day. So it's, oh, yeah. uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's a win for both camps, you know? It is indeed. I lo- look, I like what you said about Mr. Garrison. Yes, how he's um, yeah, still pretty firmly in the closet in a lot of ways. And, but, uh, you know, he's sticking that, uh, that pinky toe out in the form of Mr. Hat. I do find that hilarious. Uh, yeah, and the whole fireworks thing. I don't know. Have you ever been much of a big fireworks guy or a firecrackers guy? Or I mean, I, I don't mind going to see fireworks is not necessarily you know i've marked it on the calendar oh my god it's fireworks time again but it's more like oh you know if i can see them from my backyard and i actually can i I can see them from my front yard usually when we have them for australia day or new year's eve or whatever I'll, i'll sort of head out with a glass of champagne in my hand and go here's your fireworks well done but i'm not about to track them down and set them off in the street like some people i know in my neighborhood yeah, so there've been people have been setting them off in their neighborhood lately, and I'm just like, damn, kids. <laughs> I know I'm getting old when I'm telling the neighbors to turn their music down and things like that, but fireworks-wise, 
I enjoyed them a lot when I was a kid. Then I sort of, you just sort of outgrow them. It's like they're good for a few minutes and it's just like, eh, it's just shit exploding. But I know yeah. that now that I've got kids, well, I've never taken Ali to see the fireworks properly because they're usually in bed by, it's usually 9.30-ish. You know, you wait yeah. for the sun to go down. But I think this year for um for Christmas time when they do fireworks, I might sneak Elliot down because he stays awake a little bit later now. Um, Holly, not a chance at all. But um, Elliot, I definitely think I'm going to take him to see fireworks this year. And I can tell, I know he's going to be one of those kids that really just, I mean, which kid, what young kids don't like fireworks? It's 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 incredible. But um, I, I'm really, I'm excited now to go watch them with Elliot and so, like live through him again, you know? I think the first time your parent takes you to see fireworks. I mean, there's a lot that goes into the equation. I mean, first of all, you're going out. Second of all, you're going out a little later than usual. It's like, oh, mm. you're seeing a little bit more of the world. Your, your perspective is expanding. And then, of course, you know, you've got uh, loud loud sounds and bright colours uh, surrounding you. It's, you know, and for a little person, that's kind of, wow, that's pretty neat. <laughs> you know, it was, co- it was cool. Last year, I took Elliot to see some Christmas lights. We sort of went when the sun was starting to go down. And then by the time we were driving home, it was just Ali and I. The sun had completely gone down. And he just goes, Daddy, why is it so dark outside? And I was like, oh, yeah, he's never been out at nighttime before. <laughs> I was just like, wow, this, this little human is experiencing nighttime for the first time ever. He's never been out at nighttime. I was just like, ah, oh, the little things. <laughs> yeah, and you're viewing it through their eyes and you experience in real time. Fantastic. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it was pretty cool. But um, yeah, I just thought overall, uh, this episode was very entertaining in that regard, the, the garrison aspect as well. I also thought this was a good Cartman episode and that he, it was almost like he was the better man in this episode. He was like the one saying, you know, I'm making the best of a shitty situation because mm. I'm not just going to sit here and complain. Um, you know, he wanted to, he, he set a goal for himself and he achieved it. <laughs> I mean, the kids were pissing in the pool, but he, he went there in his own time when no kids were around. He he set a goal and he was determined to achieve it, and he and he did so. And even like for the um, when they're doing the the that what's it called? Not the gliding, the um, the sledding. So when they're sledding oh, down yeah, the hill, yeah. and there's no snow, he's like, guys, don't you see there's something wrong? He's like, shut up, Cartman. I'm like, Cartman's got a point. There's no snow. Like, <laughs> not usual that he's the voice of reason. Usually he's the no. voice of irrationality. But uh, no, good on Eric Cartman this time around. By the way, um. Look, maybe my memory is just on the fritz or whatever, but um, have we heard Screw You Guys and You and Ham before? I'm pretty sure we I have. I thought that was the first time in this one as well. I um, I might double check. I was going to double check that when I was doing the review. I'll double check it now, but it's the first time that I can remember hearing Screw You Guys and You and yeah. I fucking, yeah. that was one of my favourite quotes ever. And I forgot <laughs> it was one of my favourite quotes ever. And then when he said it here, I was like, shit, me. I used to say this all the time. <laughs> Even when I wasn't going home, it was just fun to say that. I'm going ham. <laughs> and it it felt like Parker and Stone sort of knew, oh, th- this could be something because I think they repeated a couple of times throughout the episode. As, even though, excuse me, ham. Between that and um, uh, Mr. Garrison, there, you got to hell and you die. It was a good episode for catchphrases. I've got here on the YouTube, it's got all the screw you guys, I'm going home. But in the earlier episodes, it was just like, screw you guys, I'm going home. It wasn't mm. there, screw you guys. Yeah. I'm going yeah. him. <laughs> and you're right, though, because they sort of reiterate it when they try to interrupt and he goes, ah, excuse, ah, ah, you guys, I'm going him. <laughs> um, yeah, I really, really enjoyed that as well. But what were your favourite moments? Actually, before we get into favourite moments, I want to mm. touch on uh, that this actually aired just before July 4th. So that's one aspect of, of South Park that to this day still works for them. The fact that they can make the show turn around and make it and turn around so quickly, mm. it's very topical. So something could have happened in regards, maybe there was something in regards to a kid blowing his hand off in, at, at that point in time in, in America. And they're able to sort of not take the mickey out of it, but use it as a, as a story. As a note. starting point. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. 
Um, look, I'm, I'm pretty sure, <laughs> with all due respect to people who have done this, American kids are always maiming themselves with uh, dodgy fireworks or even legit fireworks handled poorly. I, I don't. My mum said when she was younger that you used to be able to get firecrackers and things. I remember my dad having a firecracker once. He got it somewhere, like illegally from like Canberra. For some reason, I think Canberra, you're allowed to buy fireworks or something. Like, we had a friend who went to Canberra or something. He bought some fireworks. Not fireworks, but like a firecracker. I remember dad having this firecracker in his hand in the lounge room. I just remember going, the fuck is that? It looks like a stick of dynamite. I remember like, and dad set it off in the backyard. It was just like, bang. I was like, shit. Like, I was, I was just, <laughs> it was dynamite. <laughs> yeah, it was dynamite. And then me saying to mom, well, well why can't you buy them anymore? It's always, oh, kid blew his hand off. I just, no, I just think it's hilarious that our nation's capital, Canberra, is somewhere where you, you used to go for your fireworks and pornography needs. That was it, the it, only, it, way, only place you could really do it legitimately. So it was Canberra that got fireworks, was it? I think so, yeah. Yeah, for some reason, I remember my, like my dad saying that, oh, yeah, so-and-so so, yeah, so, so has just come from Canberra. He's got some firecrackers. Like, imagine like the, the thrill of sneaking some firecrackers over the state lines. And there's, there's no like border control in, in Australia. No. Imagine just driving over the Murray with, with firecrackers in the boot, just fucking, floor it, floor it, Jeffrey, floor it. <laughs> you got the Duke's ass and you yeah. down, 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 down. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, Australia! Hey? But I also wanted to point out we get Doctor Katz here, professional therapist. A I show know. that ran for six seasons. As soon as it came on screen, I was like, "Oh, it's that guy." Two things: when I was a kid, so I started in like mid nineties. I knew just from the first time I ever saw that show on TV, mm. just visually, I was like, "This isn't The Simpsons. This is clearly not for me." Yeah. I think I think uh, Simpsons was such a profound show at that time. I was like. This looks weird. It doesn't look like it's targeted for me. And I didn't get it. I was like, yeah, yeah. it was. I, I remember from the get go. I never, I never really was interested in it. I was never huge into Doctor Cats, although I did see a few episodes, and one really stuck with me for some reason. Okay. Um, and I actually looked it up on YouTube. There's a bit with uh, the comedian Jim Gaffigan, and he's playing like he's talking about a manatee. You know, like the the yeah 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 sea mammal, the manatee, <laughs> and how it's got the nickname the sea cow. And uh, he just goes on this, like, minute-long riff while he's on Dr. Catch's couch about, yeah, what a shitty nickname it is. And, you know, um, he's picturing this manatee rocking up to all his undersea powers and going, hey, I am a manatee. <laughs> you ugly motherfucker. You look like a sea cow. You can call you sea cow. <laughs> you know, and all this kind of stuff. I always remember that bit for some reason, although I'd never really watched any other Dr. Cats. But you're right in terms of just the way it looks, that distinctive... I think the actual term is squiggle vision. Apparently the backgrounds weren't squiggle vision. It was just the characters had the squiggle vision yeah. around the edge. Yeah. But, you know, it, it's got some... Um, well, it's Jonathan Katz doing the voice of Dr. Katz. But yeah. I think his son is voiced by H. John Benjamin, who, of course, is ah. the voice of Archer and the voice yep. of Bob from Bob's Burgers. So, you know, it's uh, it's got a few uh, big names in there. Um but what was you're saying big, about the Was look, it a big deal when it came out? It wasn't. No, no. It was, it was very niche, Dr. Katz. I think by virtue of its look, and it was kind of like, oh, it's a bit of a smart neurotic comedy. It, it feels very Generation X to me. Okay. I'm reminded, though, of what we were... Our interview with Brian, yeah, about the Vice special. Um, and Brian Vokwas from our... Um, yeah, he, he did the Simpsons uh, Unearth Icons Unearth special. He also made the toys that made us. We interviewed him for our Four Finger Discount podcast. So you can check that out if you haven't already. Thank you, thank you for the save, Dan. <laughs> there were there were a few names in there that I wasn't quite twigging, and you were right on the ball. Thank you very much. He was talking about how on his uh, on his documentary they're talking about two competing 
uh, shorts that were going to be on the Tracy Ullman show. One was the Simpsons and one was the, the, the female psychiatrist or therapist or something with the African kind of name, Dr. something. And it was just too weird, you know? I mean, and they showed us bits and pieces of it in the doc and I'm looking and going, this reminds me of Dr. Katz. You know, there are maybe seven people in the world who just look at this and go, oh my God, this is champagne comedy. They love it. Uh, and everyone else is kind of like, well, I'm not sure I get this. <laughs> but the people who love it, love it. And I get the feeling that's the same way with Dr. Katz. A little bit more. A few more people like Dr. Katz. I feel like even in, still in the 90s, particularly with an animated show, you sort of only get one chance to really impress somebody to, to continue to watch because yeah. animation still wasn't... Animation is now a big deal when it comes to television. The yeah. Simpsons was the only real sort of big animated show during the 90s, right? Before things like South Park came around and all that. I think so, yeah. I think it sort of rebooted a lot of things. I mean, besides, besides kids' shows, of course, but like, yeah. like, you know, like Nickelodeon and things like that. But you didn't really sort of have the crossover kind of thing that, say, the Flintstones or the Jetsons did. Yeah. I mean, th- they were primarily for kids, but they still sort of had a little bit of a second life with adults going, you know, I, you know my kid was watching the Flintstones. I watched an episode. It was kind of funny. <laughs> I remember there used to be a show that started after I'm South Park. And everyone raved about it for like a year and then it just fell off a cliff. For my social group anyway, it was that Happy Tree Friends. You remember that? Oh, only vaguely. Yeah. But the, little, the little violent animals or whatever. I, I don't oh, think I yeah. ever really watched it, but like it was a big deal for a very short period of time. Like South Park was kind of similar where like it just exploded and then it, it sort of tempered, but it was still mm. around. Happy Tree Friends just disappeared. But anyway, enough about 90s animated comedy. Uh, yeah. Dr. Katz, let's get into our favourite moments from Summer Sucks. I really enjoyed Mr. Mackey prank calling Garrison. <laughs> very out of character for Gar- for, for, for Mackey. Because I, I just love the idea that teachers have feuds or teachers like mm. taking the mickey out of each other. Like there's a there's a teacher at the school who they don't like, so they, they, they love the, the opportunity to, to, to prank them. You know, but just the, <laughs> you never know who I am. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's, like, uh, it's so funny. But yeah, um, I really enjoyed that. I also really enjoyed Cartman defending his cat. Because he loves his cat, right? No kidding, no kidding. And they said they were going to shove the firework, the cracker up his ass or whatever it was. And he's like, I'll shove it in your nuts so I can blow your nuts over your pants or whatever. <laughs> and like, Jesus Christ, Cartman. He's like, yeah, well, don't, don't fuck my cat. <laughs> like <this. laughs> I had that as well. You know, when, when I was, um, you know, like a late teenager, I had a bunch of friends come around to my house and, you know, we were sort of, it was summertime and we were lazing around the pool. And I think one of my friends was trying to gra- grab my cat and throw it in the pool. And I'm like, Motherfucker, if you do that, you're not welcome to my house anymore. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you're my friend, but that's my cat. My um, my final moment that I enjoyed was um, just Garrison's session. How it just escalated. <laughs> like the guy's like asking questions that are true, and Garrison's yeah. like, it's what you, you know, it's like he, it's like he he knew it, but he didn't really know it. And this guy's pointed it out to him, and then the snake comes and burns this guy to death. Burns up the cat to death. What does he call him? Like a gay bashing homo or something? So it's a ratchet gay bashing homo. <laughs> I think Garrison is quickly becoming one of my favorite characters on the show. And I, as oh, a kid, as a kid, I never really appreciated him as, as a character, but I think he's. It's the voice as well, honestly, but like he's just his character, the way he can snap, the way he is so closeted. You just, you're sort of rooting for him to sort of become mm. who he wants to be. And we know he does eventually. He sort of comes out and everything like that. But at this point in time, I think it's, it's just so funny. 
I, I love that, you know, when he does sort of come out, though, he's, he, it doesn't automatically make him, oh, he's a better person. I was like, no, he was always a prick. Oh, always a prick. Yeah, he's a horrible person. Yeah, yeah, I, 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 I like it. Uh, what did I enjoy? Um, I like Dr. Katz. I like the Dr. Katz moment. Yeah, that was, that was great. A, yeah, that yeah. was pretty good. Um, I loved how, you know, when it seemed like South Park was, was finished, uh, you know, they had the, the orchestra doing their shitty music and all that, but they turned the orchestra from the Titanic. Mm-hmm. Just, you know, like, oh, well, looks like this is our, um, <laughs> our last few moments on Earth. Let's go out playing a bit of music. Oh, if, you, if, you hear, if you hear a band playing that music, you know you're pretty, you're pretty much fucked. <laughs> you're pretty much fucked. I, it was one of my favourite moments in the movie Titanic. It's like, these guys know they're screwed and they're going to go out doing what they love, but also with some dignity and, you know, maybe providing something nice for the um, for the people around them. I always thought it was a really sweet moment. Don't think it's a good movie. Do you know what the saddest part of that movie for me was? And it sort of never, it didn't haunt me, but I thought about it for a long time afterwards, was the mother putting her kids to bed and not letting mm. them know that they're about to die. I just remember that being so sad. Like, I was just, like I, that stuck with me that moment, that scene where she's I'm, putting them to bed and they're going to go to sleep. They're going to have a terrible death. Like they're going to be flooded, but hopefully they drown in their sleep. I'm not too sure, but obviously they'll wake yeah. up. But just how do you handle that moment as a parent? Do you mm. panic and try and save them or do you just concede, we're going to die, let's let their final moments be as pleasant as possible? I just, what, I just think that scene is just fucking so great. I just, I love that moment. Uh, the, one, the one that I like and it's sort of a mirror to that moment is just the old, older couple. We were lying on the uh, on the bed together and sort of holding each other. Oh so, yeah, God, that's, you know, that, that hurts as well. Oh, I feel it? bad for these guys. They probably scrimped and saved their whole lives to, you know. Oh, I'm going to take you on this lovely boat trip, my dear. It's like, oh, this is fucked. <laughs> uh, what else did you enjoy? Um, just little bits and pieces here and there where you know Cartman's in the pool and um, yeah. You know, now swim to me over here. You know, do you do your breaststroke? I only know how to do it doggy style. You <laughs> <laughs> mean doggy paddle? <laughs> and good friends of mine know that uh, one of my best slash worst traits is my um, affectionate but bordering on stereotypical um, uh, take on the Mexican accent. I, I had that as well, the Mexico. <laughs> yeah, but I don't know. But just Ned's um, <laughs> they're spectacular. <laughs> <laughs> I get such a kick out of that. Yeah, it's so good. Okay, now let's try to get an answer from someone who's not a complete retard. All right, it's time for some trivia. Before then, you guys know the deal. It's time to read out the $20 patrons of this show. Starting with our man, Andrew Zur, Steamed Ham Champion, Dylan Haggett, Jordan Moleman Richie, Christopher Darby, Pete Anderson, Plain Old Matt, Andrew Davis, Ryan Dunlap, Jared Howard, Hank Scorpio, Kevin Dental Plan Flood, Jonathan Rossi, Zach Pruitt, Timothy Burleson, Joel Yoland, Katie G, Daniel Kotnick, Shannon Hofer, Reese Roberts, George McMenemy, Stephen Roberts, Sean Devey, Bella Winderbank, Tom Pickering, Mark Boston Burgess, Grand Skipper Noah, Declan Phoenix, Jack McFadden, Heath Appleby, Preston Murray, and Adric McLeod. Thank you so much, guys, for supporting Ooh. us by being $20 patrons of the Four Finger Discount Network. Remember, if you do enjoy what we do here at Going Down to South Park, for as little as one single dollar we do, you can support the show. You can either become a, a patron and get access to the Facebook group, or you can simply check us a donation at fourfingerdiscount at outlook.com. Fourfingerdiscount at outlook.com via PayPal. We just want to check us a donation. Anything $5 or more will get you a shout out on the show, or you can become a patron for as little as one single dollar we do, get access to the Facebook group, exclusive podcasts, and so much more. All right, Mr. Davis, hit me with your first trivia question. Oh, okay then. 
Um, the big snake is how mm. many times bigger than a regular snake? Oh, I want to say 3,000. Is that right? You are close, but yeah. also not close. It's right. actually 5,000. 5,000. 5,000 was in my mind. I was like, no, that seems too big. <laughs> <laughs> uh, my first question is, which child is missing at the start of the episode? Oh, damn it. Because I, I don't have his name, but I had a question get, about where I, was the missing kid last seen. Oh, okay. He was last seen at the bus stop. Yes, and I don't know his name, so you get two Now, the poster says John, right? And then when okay. they rescue him, they say, oh, Kevin. I'm like, what? Hmm. Are, they, are, they, are they fucking well, with us, or was that just a mistake? I don't know, because if we're going to be picking nits, uh, <laughs> you know, <laughs> Pip's going on about how he's an orphan. God damn, you suck, Pip. <laughs> Later on, when everything's good in South Park, you see him with a family that looks dressed the same as him. Oh. Well, that is strange. Yeah, maybe he was. Maybe he's. Maybe he's adopted now. I bet. I know, but that's because he can't be left. Like, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Anyway. Park. <laughs> <laughs> now, well, was that me asking a question or you asking a question? Uh, that was uh, me talking about Kevin. Yeah. So I think. Kevin, oh, no, you asked me a question. John slash Kevin. Yes. Now yeah. it's your turn. Yeah, it's your turn. Yeah. Now it's mine. <laughs> um, uh, what is the depth of the deep end of the pool where Cartman is swimming? Ah, uh, nine feet. You, again, you're close. It's nine and a half feet. Nine and a half feet. Damn. All right. How many flamethrowers does it start to take to start the snake? It takes 57 flame mm-hmm. master <laughs> uh, six thousands. Yes, correct. <laughs> While we're talking about things uh, things snaky, uh, how many Comanche helicopters does it take to carry the snake? Oh, is it 40? It's three. Three. Oh, damn. <laughs> <laughs> uh, my final question is how long will it take the snake to burn out? So many snake questions. Yeah, I okay. think mine are the same. Uh, burns out next November. Yeah, but how many months is it? Oh, oh, mm. oh, God, that's a good question. Uh, I was only paying attention to when it actually happened. Um, well, hang on. Let me do the maths. Yes. That's 16 months. 16 months, correct. You got there. I <laughs> <laughs> got there in the end. I have one last question for you. Go for it. What is the name of the reporter doing the live cross? Oh, I was looking for that. I, I didn't see it. I just know it was a, a normal-looking man with a funny name. What was his name? His name was Creamy Goodness. Creamy Goodness. Did it just say down the bottom, did it? It did, yeah. Okay, yes. I was, I, was wait, I was listening. I was waiting for him to say it. But okay, cool. All right. Well, that is trivia for Summer Sucks. We'll be right back, guys, after this very short break with our in-depth review of the episode. If you're a fan of everything we do here at Going Down to South Park, you can support the show on Patreon, where not only will you get early ad-free access to the show, but you also get access to hours of bonus podcasts, access to our exclusive Facebook community, and so much more. So join the family today at patreon.com slash discount. Link is in the description of this podcast. If you're looking for a podcast that'll always be there for you, look no further than our new show, The One About Friends, hosted by myself and my incredible wife, Nicola. She is literally the biggest Friends fan I know, so who better to help me as we revisit every single episode of the show, discussing the characters, fashion trends, and how this iconic series still relates to our lives to this day. The One About Friends is available now on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you find your podcasts. The original air date of Summer Sucks was June 24th, 1998. Guest star Jonathan Katz as um, as Dr. Katz. I, I like that they mm-hmm. actually got him to do it, which is pretty cool. Yeah. And the, the show was still going at that point too. So maybe it was like a... Wasn't that on HBO or something? It wasn't, it wasn't a Comedy Central show, that was it? 
Maybe they're just pals. Yeah. Who knows? But anyway. Yeah. Um, you're not, you're not going to turn down a, a guest spot on South Park in 1998, are you? Because it's still You are certainly picture. not going to. T- <laughs> no, no. No, I mean, well, if, if you're getting George Clooney and Jennifer Aniston and all those types to uh, to be on your in your movie or on your uh, on your show, yes, Jonathan Katz is definitely going to be part of it as well. And it was written by uh, Nancy M. Pimentel and Trey Parker and directed by Trey Parker himself. All right, so the episode kicks off with uh, it's the last day of school and Mr. Hat is missing and Garrison is furious about it. It reminded me of when we glued the teacher to the chair. Or not we, but I was in the room <laughs> for it. But um, yeah, it's just like he knows or in his mind someone's... Done we never actually get a resolution to that, do we? It's, a, it's actually quite a, a, a bizarre story in the end. The Mr. Hat... Uh, yeah, we, saw, we see yeah. where he ends up, but we don't find out how he gets there. Like it's, it's kind of strange. Hmm. Yeah, setting the plot in motion, but not uh, resolving that particular plot thread. Okay, children, I know that today is the last day of school, and that the last day of school involves pranks, but this is going too far. Now, what have you done with Mr. Hat? Children, I want Mr. Hat back right now. The prank is over. You think I can't get along without Mr. Hat, don't you? You think I can't live without him? Well, I can. He's just a puppet. I don't need him. You see? Watch. Damn it, where the f did you put Mr. Hat? Oh no, you don't. The school year is over, but summer vacation doesn't start for you, little bastards, until Mr. Hat is back on my desk. Now I'm gonna turn around, and when I turn back, I expect to see Mr. Hat lying right here. Okay, I'm gonna turn around now. Shit! Where did everybody go? I love the reading of shit. Like shit's a great word, but I remember watching um uh, inside the Yatta studio with um with Tom Hanks once, and I, they always ask what's your favorite swear word, and his was horse shit. I just love the <laughs> I love I love when someone emphasizes shit. Ah shit. <laughs> but yeah, so the, the Mr. Garrison just shit. What is your favorite variation of shit? I mean, just you, what can you add to it? Um, horse shit's pretty good. Uh, I think shit happens is probably the most common one. Um, what the shit? <laughs> <laughs> I uh, no, I think I think horse shit is my favourite. Horse oh that's horse shit. I'm very Bull- partial to like bullshit. Gee, that was ab- that was absolute dog shit. Uh, dog shit, yeah, <laughs> dog shit, yeah, that's a good one. <laughs> and um just ripping off I think Tommy Lee Jones says it this way in, in Men in Black, but it's like, you piece of shit. You know? I just yeah, that's a good one. Shit's like the word now. When I was growing up you couldn't say it on TV or, or radio, but you mm. hear people say it on radio all the time, they like in the middle of the day. I feel like shit is like the closest thing you can say to like fuck now, and mm. it's like it's like it's, it's I think it's the best swear word you can get away with now. Like when, yeah. when you hear shit on TV, it still feels kind of risque. You're like, oh, we said shit, but like it's not yeah. even that really bad of a word when you think about it. It's just like yeah, whatever. Yeah. Oh, I, yeah, my other one is just when you really sort of confound them. What's this shit? Yeah, what's <laughs> what, what's this shit all about? Yeah. <laughs> it's a good one. What a load of shit. Uh, so uh, ca- now, something yeah. I noticed here now, I may be yeah. stretching, but- You and I never stretch, right? let's be honest. No, that's true. Everything we say is, you know, completely within the bounds of credibility. We're not coming up with any theories or anything like that. Um, when Mr. Garrison turns his head and you see the little swirl of hair on the back of his head, the mm. first time I saw that, I'm like, that, that's Charlie Brown's hair. You know, it's that look very Charlie oh. Brown. And then- not long after, you know, everyone's split and all the kids are like, eh, it's summertime. Um, 
it sounds like Peanuts music. It sounds like the summer music. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I'm like, you know, I, I, Peanuts is one of my favourite things. I love Peanuts. Okay. It's, it's, a, it's a comic strip I, I grew up on as, you know, a, a balding young man with self-esteem issues and frequent crushes on redhead girls. I'm like, Charlie Brown, you're my man. Um, Will you be watching the Charlie Brown Christmas special this year? Oh, probably. <laughs> I love I love Peanuts. It's fantastic. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, yeah, seeing what struck me as a bit of a Peanuts shout out in there, I'm like, Maybe I'm stretching, but it, that's what it struck me as. I, I, and I'm sure they will say, oh, of course we meant that. Of course we meant that. I am sure you could draw a through line from Charles Schultz and Peanuts to Parker and Stone and South Park. Oh, it's yeah. all, yeah, it's all kids sort of, you know, coming to terms with the world around them, just a little more foul-mouthed and psychopathic. They're just an adult Peanuts almost at the end of the day, aren't they? Pretty much. Like, oh, <laughs> yeah. would you say they're, they're, a, they're, they're a combination of all the classics, really? They are, yeah. But, I mean, there's definitely some Peanuts DNA yeah. in South Park. Yeah, definitely. Uh, so, Kevin then thaws out. Everyone's happy, the happy music. Uh, and winter is just around the corner, so he's going to get some firewood, that guy. It's just, you know, taking the mickey out of people who are just chopping down trees. Then we get Pip. <laughs> he says he has to go to summer school because he can't be left alone because his parents are dead. God damn, you suck, Pip. <laughs> Your parents are dead. It's God terrible. damn, you suck. <laughs> it's amazing how cruel kids can be. <laughs> I, I would not put it past kids to be like this, of course. Yeah, you, you think back to when you were at primary school, and it's like, they kids just picked on you, and you picked on kids for the so, most trivial things. Yeah. But it's like, why? It's just because they just don't know any better, I guess. Yeah. You know, when someone does some inconsequential thing when they're like, you know, seven or eight years old, and it just sticks. Like, you're that kid who shit his pants. I was going to say, there was, there was a kid, I won't say his, his name was Michael G. I won't say his last name. It always... <laughs> I remember he shit his pants. I'm my not going to say his name, except it's Michael Jim. But the teacher at the time was Mrs. Burrows at North Shore Primary School. And I remember he, um, we were in the room. I remember I was sitting like two seats away from him. And I remember just sitting there going, how's that smell? And then he was sort of like fidgeting a bit in his chair. I was like, he pooed himself. And then, and then the, 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 the girl next to me was like, eh, Michael pooed his pants. And everyone just turned and went, ah! Like laughing and this kid like starts crying and races out of the room and Mrs. Burrows, the teacher, just like fucking she just got into us. You don't laugh at him. And this kid forever was the kid that shit his pants. Like he he never, ever, ever lived it down. And I never joined in, but I never no. stopped it either. Because when you're a kid, you're like, I you don't. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna yeah. get involved, but I don't want to be the guy that sort of stands in front and says, Stop it, because everyone will not like me either. It's it's a it's yeah. a it's a shit time to be a human being where you just like you want to be in you don't want to be cruel, but you also want to be popular. It's just like, what, what do you what do? You do? What do I do? <laughs> yeah, and often the people who feel like that are not quite popular enough or yeah. don't have enough status in the playground to sort of be the guy. You don't even have to sort of stand up like Superman and go, leave that kid alone. It's more like, no, it's all right. That's enough. That's enough. And if you've got enough clout in the playground, people are, oh, if Davo's saying it. <laughs> Davo was <laughs> Davo. Davo. Davo was my alter ego. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's the kid who was popular on the playground. You, oh, you, went, to, you, went, to the, you went to a phone box, came out as Davo. <laughs> Davo. Trying <laughs> 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 to envision like, yeah. what little Davo would look like. What's Davo wearing? <laughs> oh, God. Full out of hair, probably. Yeah. <laughs> Just a D. Big D logo. <laughs> but um, yeah, anyway, so yeah, Winters, we've got Pip getting picked on for, um, because his parents are dead. And then the kids go to buy some fireworks and they say that they're um, going to put it in Kitty's anus. 
Oh, yeah, dude, it's summer. That means we gotta buy fireworks. I saved up enough money to buy M80s this year. I saw in this movie once where this guy stuck a firecracker up a cat's butt. Cool, maybe we can do that to Carmen's cat. Hey, if you so much as touch Kitty's ass, I put firecrackers in your nutsack and blow your balls all over your pants. Jesus, Carmen. Well, I'm just saying that. Don't mess with Kitty, eh? Hi, fellas. Hi, Z. What can I do for you? We want to buy M80s. The kind that fit in Carmen's cat's ass. Okay, that's it. <laughs> Screw you guys. I'm going home. I like stew. Hmm. I, I like it when a, a local business has, like, someone's name. It's like, it, it feels very personal. Like, Stu's yeah, Firework Shack. <laughs> <laughs> we don't really have many places like that in Geelong anymore. We used to have, who was the guy that used to do the high fire? Steve Bennett, was that Steve Bennett? Yeah, Steve Bennett, high five. And, it felt, and you it. go there, and Steve was there. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's like, oh, yeah, I'm going to support this local guy. That, that's like, I, I uh, recently went to a local place, a local um, auto mechanic, shall we say. Mm-hmm. Um, and the guy's name is on the place. <laughs> and, uh, you know, he's been around forever. So it was, it was foolish of me to assume that it's still the guy whose name is on the place. But still, I had to ask when I was speaking to the guy, I said, are, are you Len? He goes, no, I'm Joe. <laughs> <It's> like, oh. <laughs> I'm like, is, is Len here? Uh, everyone at work, they should walk around with a Len name tag just to make the person feel special. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so they go to the fireworks shack. They want to buy some M80s, um, which will fit in a cat's bum. I really enjoyed this. So he's like, yeah, as long as it fits in a cat's ass, Cartman's like, hey, and Kenny giggles. And I just mm. like the whole, I like the fact that Kenny, him giggling is one of my favorite things about South Park at the moment in these episodes mm. because he has such a shit life at home. You know, he's always dying. But he always has that little moment where he just has a little chuckle at something that's so immature, but it's just like, I don't like it. It's just yeah. he, he deserves some sort of happiness, this poor little kid. Because <laughs> it's such a shit life at home. Uh, then he, we get the first ever, screw you guys, I'm going home. And I, I don't know why, but I got so excited when he said it. It just yeah. brought back all these memories of going, going here. You got to do the hand thing. I'm going home. <laughs> the glory days of South Park. Even if, even if your house was the other way, you'd point that way. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, it was, it was every kid I know said it at least once in their life. But uh, the, he explains that fireworks have been banned in Colorado because the kid blew his hand off and we get the flashback to the kids when they were firecrackers, uh, when they were babies with the firecrackers. Kenny gets blown up. <laughs> <laughs> You're bad, dead. Uh, there's something about seeing kid, uh, like characters that you like in baby form. It's just hilarious. Mm. Like, I remember when I was a kid, I was like, the Muppet Babies. <laughs> I love the Muppets. You get the Muppet Babies. But South Park Babies, that is like a little spin-off that I would have been all about. <laughs> <laughs> and then, and then the rats come to eat him as well. Well, would have been, yeah, exactly. But it would have been cool to sort of have that little, I don't know, not not a full show, but maybe a couple of little shorts, or whatever. Because Rugrats was mm. big at the time, so having like a, a, a South Park s version of Rugrats, I think, would have been pretty cool. I'm guessing the Park on Stone probably, would, yeah, the the heads at Comedy Central were like, yeah, about a spinoff, and they're like, no way, man, no way, man, <laughs> <laughs> artistic integrity all the way. Uh, so yeah, as you said, the um, Kenny, the dead baby, and then they suggest the snake, and the snake just doesn't look like it's very much fun at all. I don't even know what these are. I've never seen one before. No, it's just, well, it, it looks like just a fuse. It's a, it's a disc that turns into a, a snake. Yeah, yeah, but, but uh, an ash snake. So it's yeah. like you light something that just yeah, not a fan. It, it doesn't look like doesn't look like fun. Where's no, the explosion? No. The mayor wants fireworks for Fourth of July. She's pissed off, and Garrison just calls her about Mister Hat. <laughs> <laughs> that he's probably just gone through the phone book. <laughs> yeah. Have you seen Mr. Hat? Yeah. <laughs> uh, get me the... the oh, these jokes here, there's a couple of them throughout the episode. Like, get me the mayor. And then she's like, he's like, you are the mayor. He's like, I know that, you idiot. And it's like, <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 yeah, and I didn't really 
work for me. But then we get Bar Brady under the desk looking for the little man in the boat. I was like, whoa, okay. <laughs> that's, a, that's one for the that's one for the grown ups who have, who have actually sort of strayed into the uh, the living room while the kids are watching South Park. Yeah, yeah. So then Bar Brady says he likes snakes. The mayor says let's get the biggest snake ever. And that's when Brady uh, Bar Brady finally finds the man. Uh, we're now at the bus stop and the um, the kids are wondering what they're going to do for their summer break. And I've just I've just got here. It was a great feeling as a kid, you know, between like maybe six through to like 12, when it's some, before you're in high school and you've got teenage years and puberty and all that other stuff to worry about, when it's summer break, it's just started and, you know, you've got like six weeks to just fuck around with your friends. It's just, it's like the world is your oyster. It's so exciting. And it feels like forever as well because, I mean, you're at oh, the, does. the youthful stage of your life where it's like six weeks. Oh, my God. I feel like you're never going to see your friends again when the, when the school year is over. But and the good thing about being in Australia is that we get it at Christmas time too. So it's like a double whammy. It's like Christmas time, everyone's happy, and we get our summer break. It's just like it's the best. I love it. That's, but that's the one thing <laughs> I I sort of I said a, a lot of friends in England now because of Nicola being from England. They go, oh, don't you don't you hate the fact that it's you know no snow at Christmas? And I'm like, to be honest, no. Like I'd much rather be out the backyard kicking a footy and playing cricket on Christmas morning. You know. Same. Look, I've had a I've had a few white Christmases. You know. I, yeah, um, gone to England and uh, you know enjoyed. Oh, that's nice snow on Christmas, and then so what are we doing? Just going to stay inside? Yeah, that's the thing. <laughs> I was in England for a couple of Christmases, and I'm like, ah, oh, so it's like cold and wet outside, so we just sit inside and watch TV. Cool. <laughs> like in Australia, we're this is something that I in Australia we're down to the Viking. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, like maybe just because I grew up grew up with it, but I've always preferred Christmas time when everyone's out and about, happy, in good mood. Being summer as well, just seems to just seems to fit for me. But I yeah. do understand the traditionalists out there who like a white Christmas. Um, <laughs> but anyway, so yeah, uh, they try sledding. Carmen's smart enough to know it's not going to work. Then Jimbo sees him. He's like, "What are you doing?" They say, "Oh, we got to do this because um the the fireworks are banned." He's outraged, so he says he's going to take Ned to Mexico. <laughs> <laughs> I love it how th- these guys think they're being very culturally sensitive by pronouncing it this way. And, you know, uh, and everything's legal there because it's the American way. And they drive off to go get some fireworks for the kids. We then get the dynamite. Whenever I saw that, I, was, I just thought, dynamite. What was the show that that was the catchphrase? <laughs> That's Good Time. Good Times. That's Jimmy the one. Jimmy J.J. Walker. Yep. It's funny. I was watching this. Um, uh, this three-part doco about uh, black comedy, African-American comedy, and they were talking about good times and how, you know, it was a pretty groundbreaking sitcom because, you know, they hadn't shown an African-American family or a black family on TV, on primetime TV, prime TV before. Did you also see the um, different strokes? That can't wear no pants. <laughs> <laughs> that rabbit's wearing no pants. Is it rabbit? Is it? Okay. Uh, <laughs> but good times was also meant to be, you know, it was a comedy, but it was also like, well, Black folks got it hard in America, all this kind of bit. And so I was going to have social issues as well. Yeah, yeah. And but everyone just loved, you know, uh, JJ going Daniel mate, and it became it, the whole show started to revolve around him, and everyone, everyone kind of hated Jimmy Walker's result. It's like, man, we were trying to do like a proper show here, and now it's just Daniel mate. It's it's a very much a thing of the times though, where you had your one star who had the catchphrase. You had a, and oh, you yeah. had um. What you talking about, like, Willis? Happy Days is about the Cunninghams. Yeah, it's yeah. It's to be about the Cunningham family. Yeah, what you talking <laughs> about, about, Willis? That's just about phones. What was the other yeah. one? Um, oh, but this is um, Taxi. Thank you very much. With Andy Kaufman. Oh, yeah. Like, like you had, mm. it was, and what was that? Nanu Nanu? That was Robin Williams' one, yeah. wasn't it? So it was That's like, Morgan Mindy, yeah. Every show had like its catchphrase. And like you did, mm. shows don't really have catchphrases anymore. That sort of stick, really, that's, that's no. sort of become a part of pop culture. Like Seinfeld had your yada yada yadas. Friends had the, could I be anymore? That was sort of like. I guess, a, I guess The Office had, you know, that's what she said. 
Yeah, but that wasn't started by the office, though. That, that people were saying that's what she said long before the office was around. Well, that's a, yeah. I mean, it's it's a variation on the whole. Someone says something vaguely saucy, and then you know the person goes, as the vicar said to the uh, the actress or something like that. Yeah, that's very old school and dad joke. But I think the office popularized. That's what she or said. Or pour it back into the public domain. Yeah, I think so. So anyway, yeah. So we're back to dynamite. Uh, they're doing the snake pitch to the mayor, the, the the giant, the giant snake. She's not interested in hearing anything about the safety. He says it's going to be five thousand times bigger. They're going to need Comanche helicopters, fifty-seven flamethrowers. They're going to be triggered at the same time, and be, and, and good times had by all. <laughs> so I like the, the, the last slide. Good times had by all. <laughs> Just this PowerPoint presentation. I love how he sort of flicks through the first three or four pages of it to yeah. get to the good stuff. Yeah, exactly. She's like, I don't care about the safety. She says you're going to need an orchestra playing Stars and Stripes. So he recommends a school band because they did Mary, a good rendition of Mary Had a Little Lamb. She was kind of cruel mm. to her little co-lackeys was wasn't she the mayor in this one she was very just bracing them and yelling at them and she does that a bit though but i think they both realize eh, if we stick this out long enough we'll probably end up running the show yep the kids are now building a, a dirt or a mud snowman and garrison arrives and he's all fucked up he's just he's not himself he's he's lost without his mr hat hey look it's mr garrison hello children how is your summer going summer sucks ass mr garrison hey have you found mr hat yet oh oh that old thing why i almost forgot he was gone I don't need Mr. Hat. That's good. Mr. Hat is just a puppet. Yep. Mr. Hat isn't real. Right. Cartman says his mum signed him up for swimming lessons, and the kids all laugh at him and say it's lame. And as he says, I'm trying to make the best of a bad situation. I was like, Cartman, at least yeah. Cartman's right. Like, they're all making fun of him, but they're also standing there complaining they've got nothing to do. Cartman's doing something. <laughs> Being proactive, you know, and he might end up in the Olympics one of these days. Yeah, yeah, and they're yeah, laughing about that. Yeah, the fat ass Olympics. Yeah, I was like, I'll like, oh, leave him alone, you know what I mean? But um, they bring out here how the, the first greatest pee in the in the pool, in the community pool. So he says he doesn't doesn't need to take any crap from these from hippie freaks who are living in denial. And I was like, they are living in denial. Like, Cartman is completely <laughs> right here. And we go, screw you guys. I'm going home. I, I love that Parker and Stone have also got this fixation on people peeing in pools. Yeah. And we, we have to you know, cut it, jump ahead a few seasons of the episode just titled Pee, um, where it's all about, God damn, you pee in pools. <laughs> yeah, it's like, everybody's done it at least once. Yeah, yeah, that's the thing. When you go to a pool now, is that one of the things that enters your mind before you get in? It's like, oh, there's going to be pee in here. <laughs> No, not really. <laughs> I, 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 could, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I, 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 don't, I don't like pools so much. I prefer the beach. But I mean, people piss in the beach at least. I don't know. Oh, God, yeah. There's it's one everywhere. of them. <laughs> there'll be times when the lovely Louise and I've gone to the beach, I'll be like, I'm just going to go out and have a dip. It's like, you're going for a piss, aren't you? Like, <laughs> <laughs> Can you remember the first time, one of the first times when you peed in the water and you got away with it. Like, no, and people were around. You're peeing and no one realizes. You're like, you feel like you're getting away with murder. <laughs> oh, yeah. You feel like Ocean's Eleven. Yeah. Like, Ooh, perfect crap. <laughs> like, I'm standing right next to you. I'm pissing all over you. You have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I remember having a discussion with Nicola about peeing in the shower once. And she was like, yeah, I do it sometimes. And I was like, oh, okay. At least I'm not the only one. Because I thought I was like naughty or rude for peeing in the shower. And I'm like, oh, no, apparently everybody does it. <laughs> oh, no. You're pissing in the shower. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but anyway, yeah, so they're building the, um, the shitty snowman. Garrison's all fucked up. They made fun of Cartman. I did also like there that how the kids question, what, is, what does living in denial mean? Because like, like, <laughs> they have no idea. So um, so we're now at the pool and Cartman is not keen to get in. I loved the the voice acting here and the visual of just him going, <laughs> like he's just, just dipping his toe in. <laughs> <laughs> just this, the fat kid too scared to get in the water and they, she encourages him in. So he jumps in and I was like, good for you, Cartman, getting in there. And then the first grade is pee all over me. Ah, oh, yeah, sons of bitches. 
We're now at the um the buildings they're building the stage for the um for the fourth of July show. The fireworks is not there yet, and she's yelling at the workers and the school band. They got Cartman's not there, so they've got no French horn section. And who was the um the conductor, like the the, the band conductor, like there, Mister Largo? I don't know. I can't recall having seen or heard that guy before. No, let's get his name because there's going to be South Park fans that they're going to say we know who he is. All right, it's like the South Park version of Largo. South Park Elementary. Music teacher, Mr. Romero, is that his name? Mr. Yeah, Mr. Romero. So Romero. Mr. Romero is his name. Hmm. Mr. Romero, we'll, go, we'll refer to him going forward, is that man. He's very um, very soft-spoken, wasn't he? He was a bit. Yes. <laughs> uh, but they're, they're not doing very well at all. And the, the mayor's like, oh, we're all doomed. Then the snake arrives. And she's like, okay, we're back on track. Jimbo and Ned are now in Mexico trying to buy themselves some fireworks. He wants to buy a Tijuana bottle rocket. Buenos dias, mi amigo. Yo soy un americano espectacular. ¿Qué? Yo necesito el fireworks espectacular. ¿Necesita usted un cohete grande? No moleste el gato espectacular. Would you look at that, Ned? That's a Tijuana bottle rocket. These babies have enough power to blast a fire hole right through the ozone. Mm, they're spectacular. Ned, it's our job to get these to children all over America for the 4th of July. We'll be like Santa Claus on Christmas morning. Bueno. Garrison then gets the phone call asking for Mr. Hat. Uh, Mr. Hat's there. It's Mr. Mackey. I was like, you son of a bitch, Mackey. <laughs> uh, but then he watches the video um, of the show of Lamb Chop. And I was like, oh, that's a flashback. Lamb Chop that's, hasn't been around for a while. Now, she might be doing shows in America, but she was a big deal here for a while, but not for a long Sherry, time. Was it Sherry Lewis? Sherry something. Sherry Lewis. Yeah, Sherry yeah. Lewis and Lamb Chop. I remember they used to sing that. This is the sign that never ends. I used to watch it all the time when I was a kid. <laughs> I was driven, driven my parents insane. But Garrison dreams of killing her with a really... South Park character smiling always looks weird, doesn't it? Oh, yeah. The big smile on their face. Cartman says he won't go in the deep end because um, he doesn't have to use a breaststroke. He was Dougie style. <laughs> and then the, um, I thought we were going to get some sort of like joke at the um, at the teacher's expense there about Doggy style. She likes Doggy style, but yeah. we didn't. The first grade, grade is, he's going he's going towards the deep end and the first graders go past and they all peel over. So he says, fuck this, I'm going home. Then we get the news report about how everyone's coming to South Park because they're the only place in Colorado that is allowing fireworks. Uh, this brought to you by a normal looking man with a funny name. And his name was what, sorry? His name was Creamy Goodness. Creamy Goodness. And he explains that the snake is 20 stories high and so many miles long. And he says, but we can't launch it until nightfall. Oh, there we go. It's nightfall. <laughs> the sun just goes down. <laughs> uh, the bounce sound really shit. So they decide to light the snake instead to sort of just go, ah, fuck this. Let's just move on. This is where Jimbo and Ned approach the border. All right, Dad. Now we're coming up to the American border. They can't know that we have fireworks in the trunk. Just let me do the talking. <laughs> I guess that goes without saying, doesn't it? <laughs> Good evening, gentlemen. Hello there, fellow American. We're just anxious to get back to our homeland. All right, I just need to ask you a few questions. Fire away. We have nothing to hide. Is anyone other than the two of you traveling in this vehicle? No, sir. Do you have any firearms or explosives in the car? Yes. I mean, no, no. Open your trunk, please, sir. Damn, damn, I always get that question wrong. That's what happens, though. You get pulled over by a booze bus, right? And you know you've drunk mm-hmm. nothing, but you panic. It's like, oh, my God, oh, how, yeah. how, how many beers have I drunk? It's like, Brendan, you've been to the movies. You didn't drink anything. Like, <laughs> <laughs> you've been to church. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, you, you don't drink in church? 
Or you have a little sip. <laughs> yeah, just a little sip. Yeah, not too much. Just one, little one sip of the dreaded crest. Yeah. Um, so they get caught at the border. The snake is now rising and rising and rising. The mayor's very impressed. It never fails to amaze me how I overcome adversity. And, but unfortunately, though, they don't know when the snake's going to die out. It just keeps getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And everyone starts panicking because it's just taken over the town. Kenny gets killed in a very underwhelming way, I thought. Mm. The stage just kind of fell on him and that was it. Um, but the kids then start playing the um, the music from Titanic, which was, what was it called? The music from Titanic? I want to say Nearer My God to Thee. Okay. As soon as you hear it, though, you know exactly what it is. And everyone mm. just immediately thinks of Titanic now when they hear that music. Uh, we're now... <laughs> Nine hours later, and the snake is still growing. I like the the image of the news report. is like a Godzilla version of the snake. Did you see that? <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> and then they um, they go, all right, what are we going to do? The kid's like, it's destroying our city. We usually ask Chef. So they call up Chef, and he's on an island singing songs to his babes. Simul- simultaneous love and baby. What, I, I, just love, I just love the songs from Isaac. Just, as you said, <laughs> how they got him to do this, I have no idea, but I'm so glad they did. <laughs> it's like you and me and you and you and you and you and you <laughs> just the breakdown simultaneous love baby you know you the girl for me and all that I want to be is you and me and her simultaneous you and me and you and you simultaneous loving baby two or three <laughs> simultaneous Ooh, that's right hello what oh hello children it's a what a giant snake killing everybody growing bigger children you know i rarely say this but well fudge you simultaneous you and me and you and you simultaneous loving baby two or three <laughs> what'd he say dude i think he told us to go f- ourselves wow how's that gonna help so the snake is now going to utah and takes out some i want to say is it christians in the in the river mormons probably mormons in in, uh, yep. in in utah in utah and garrison is now the psychiatrist and we i just thought this scene and uh, this whole scene was just <laughs> perfect really i loved it i thought it was great if this is what Cat, dr cats the show was like i would i would happily watch more just that yeah very sort of droll sense of humor i'll see if i can i'll find a, a that clip with the manatee which i just yeah very dry yeah 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 i can't remember exactly when i caught it but i was like it just stuck with me for some reason. Like, no, you're a manatee. Uh, you're a sea cow. <laughs> I'm not explaining it very well, but I just, yeah, for some reason, it just, ping, right on the funny bone. And I can't sleep or think. Where would he have gone? Why would he leave? Well, let me, let me ask you this. Why, where, where do you think Mr. Hat went? How the f*** should I know? If I knew that, I wouldn't be seeing a f***ing psychiatrist, would I? Well, I guess I, I see what you're saying, yeah. At first I was sure one of the children took him, but then I remembered that Mr. Hat and I actually had a fight that morning. Um, <clears throat> are you gay? What? It's, 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 just a, it's just a question. Are you propositioning me? No. Well, I can tell you that I'm 100% not gay. Well, I, I believe you. I absolutely believe you. Mr. Hat, on the other hand. Mr. Hat was gay? Sometimes he fantasizes about same-sex relations. I see. Sometimes Mr. Hat liked to pretend he was in a sauna with Brett Favre and a bottle of Thousand Island dressing. That I did not need to know. Well, I'm just saying. Mr. Garrison, I think that Mr. Hat was actually your gay side trying to come out. 
You see, it's it's you that's gay, but but you're in denial, so you act out your gay persona with a homosexual puppet. What do you think about that? I think you're the loony one in this room. <laughs> Serves you right, you gay bashing homo. Jimbo and Ned are now in prison because he's just they've got no idea. Um, so he's practicing the questions. He still can't get it right. What's the answer again? And then the, I, I like that how Jimbo and Ned thinking they're saving the day for the kids, but they've just got no absolutely no idea that what's going on in the outside <laughs> world. Uh, but then we get to um, Green Bay, and Mr. Hat is in the sauna with Brett Favre. And I was just like, ah, so that's the ending to that story? How strange. Mm-hmm. Like, how did it get there? I don't know. Ask questions. It's South Park, I guess. We're going to get the news report for the press conference to have the mayor admit that she made a mistake. Because uh, the death toll is now at 3,000. The country is looking for the mayor for answers. She's not her, there herself. She is sick. Everyone's outraged. <laughs> She's having a period. Everyone's like, oh, shit. But oh. It's one of those things where if you bring up period, it's just like, or, or lady times, it's like, I ain't saying anything else. Uh, I'm not informed enough today. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm just going to back off. <laughs> We're sorry. Our bad. <laughs> like, what an explanation. That was kind of like when the the, um, the magazine guy, remember he was just like, fuck you or whatever, and then, duck, and then put his pants down. Remember that? <laughs> just, just like... Fuck you. And then yeah, either turns around and bears the ass and just does like one of those really big South Park smiles. Basically, as we were saying in that review, it's just like, that was just Trey and Matt. Anyone who complained about South <laughs> yeah. Park, they're just like, get fucked. They're like, you can't stop us. What the fuck are you going to do about it? <laughs> just go back to your fucking hole. Uh, anyway, so yeah, so uh, the death toll here, as we said, so we're sorry, our bad. The pool is now closed due to the um, the snake going crazy in South Park. So Cartman takes this opportunity to go there by himself to swim to the deep end since there's no first graders there. Uh, Sandy and Kyle are still bored. They don't know what to do. And Jimbo arrives with some bottle rockets. Ah, uh, look how much happiness firepower can bring a little child. <laughs> and they blow up the snake uh, as a result of uh, using the fireworks. So it's like all these fireworks is ridiculous, but then we use fireworks to prevent more damage from fireworks. Uh, Cartman then, <laughs> he, he makes it to the other end and I actually felt good for him. It was like, I know he's a despicable <laughs> character, but he set himself a little goal and he achieved it. Yeah, everyone deserves a win every once in a while. Yeah, yeah. So they unfortunately open up the pool straight again because um the snake has been destroyed. The first graders all fill up the water with pee. And as you were saying, this is sort of like the first acknowledgement of pee in the in the swimming pool, isn't it? <laughs> the mayor then claims the plan was her own, the um with the fireworks blowing up the snake. Um then it's all snowing again, but it's black ash. And uh, winter's back and Garrison Ooh. now has Mr. Twig, um, which he's gonna be bringing back later on. And then Chef arrives from Aruba. And he thinks everyone is blackfacing. And I was like, that's a pretty funny way to end the episode. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, boy. Uh, Uh, I was like, is that you, Hey Hat Saturday? (laughs) Oh, man. Have you ever seen that? Yeah, I I think I watched it actually when it aired. When when Harry Connick Jr. was the judge? Yeah. Yeah, he's like, yeah, this this would be, hey, hey, it's no show or something. I was like, oh, shit. (laughs) (laughs) You just... Yeah, I mean, Harry, first of all, he comes from New Orleans and, you know, is very sort of steeped in uh, the history of black music. (laughs) Just the look on his face like... What? <laughs> hey, children, everybody, I'm back. I'm back from Aruba. What the? Hey, Chef, how's it going? Howdy, Chef. How was your summer vacation? Okay, everybody get in the line so I can whoop all your ass. It caught me off guard. I did not think where this episode was going, it was going to end up with Chef being annoyed that everyone was blackfacing. Blackface. <laughs> I must admit, that's one aspect of the episode that I had forgotten. I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, a nice, a nice way to wrap things up. 
Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. So overall, um, like I said, not the best episode of South Park, but definitely enjoyable. Had its moments. Um, I think Garrison was probably the highlight for me in this, and as well as Cartman. Like, like I said, he set himself a goal and he achieved it. But um, yeah. What were your overall thoughts? No, just a very uh, yeah, an enjoyable episode. Yeah, not up there with the best of the best, absolutely. But just basic start uh, South Park. Yeah, yeah, a, a, a good episode where you'd you know, you'd walk away feeling satisfied, and of course, you know, it uh, gave uh, gave rise to a few catchphrases. Uh, it moved some characters forward, in the, particularly in terms of Mister Garrison. You're right. Um, yeah, Cartman had a little bit of a win. It shows that there's you know maybe a, a, a tiny speck of a decent person underneath all those layers. Uh, yeah, look, a fine episode. I'm looking forward to when we get to the episodes that are more sort of topical, like taking a piss out of celebrities at the time and things like that, yeah. where uh, this is sort of like the early era. Then you get to like, say, season six-ish onwards, where it sort of became a, you had people walking around the office saying, did you see what South Park did this week? Well, how they did an episode mm. about this? Like, for example, I remember when the, um, oh, what's the fucking, the Human Centipede one came out. Everyone was like, oh my God, did you see what South Park did? Like, it was a fucking funny thing. So I'm really looking forward to getting to like, that era of South Park, but I'm still really enjoying uh, this era as well. Where they're setting the stage, yeah. Yes, this has been our review of Summer Sucks. Next episode of Going Down to South Park, we will be reviewing Chef's Chocolate Salty Balls. Another one that's going to be giving us some classic, uh, some classic references and classic quotes. So I'm looking forward to getting into that one as well in the next episode. Don't forget, guys, you can now follow us on Facebook, going down to South Park, or at South Park TV Pod on uh, on Twitter. So make sure you please do so on there. Also, if you do enjoy everything we're doing here at Going Down to South Park, we are part of the Four Finger Discount Network. We've got several shows going back and reviewing some of your classic TV shows from the 90s. We've got Simpsons, Seinfeld, South Park and Friends, as well as Futurama exclusively on our Patreon and the Movie Guys as well. We review some 90s movies as well. So you can be a supporter of the show for as little as just one single dollar we do per month. It all helps, it all contributes and helps us grow this little empire. And also, if you don't want to sign up for a monthly thing like Patreon, if you don't really understand it, you can just chuck us a donation uh, on pay- on PayPal, fourfingerdiscount at outlook.com. We do appreciate all donations, even if it's just a one-time thing. And if it's $5 or more, it will get you a shout-out on the show. But this has been, as I said, our review of Summer Sucks. Next episode, Chef's Chocolate Salty Balls. Mr. Davis, any final words for all those amazing listeners out there? Only one spectacular...